Awesome. Well, I'm excited this morning to be able to introduce our guest speakers. If you've been joining us either online or in person, ever since we began reopening the church, we've been working through a series called Come Back Stronger. And what we're talking about is how do we come back stronger as the church in the season that we've been living in? And so every week you've heard a message from a pastor like me talking about how do we come back stronger as the church. But what's really exciting, today we're talking about purpose over paycheck. And specifically, I just want you to know God's purposes for you, his plans for you do not end when church is over and you walk out those doors or when you turn off the live stream and begin to plan for your week. God's purposes and plans for you start when that happens. Uh, a lot of times I think as the church, sometimes we inadvertently communicate the message that really uh, the church is the only place where God is moving. And actually, for most of us, God has a plan and a purpose for us to integrate our faith in the marketplaces. So tomorrow, Monday, many of you are going to go back to your jobs. You're going to go back to the marketplace where you work for a ton of us. Tomorrow begins the school year, uh, whether it be online or actually in person. And we're going to step into the world that we live in, Monday through Friday or Saturday. And so this morning, I'm really excited to, to, to see what God is going to do. I believe that this is going to be a time of blessing and sending for many of you in a way that maybe you've never thought was for you. And so uh, this morning, Chris Conrad, my good friends Chris Conrad and Dave Gary are going to be joining us. And Chris Conrad's been here several different times before. Uh, you probably know him. He leads the, the Great Lakes region of the Wesleyan Church, of which we are a part as a church. And so Chris is my boss. He's also my friend. And I've gotten to be on the board of the Great Lakes region. And so I've gotten to see Chris lead and love pastors up close. And so it's always a blessing to have him here. But he's actually going to be inviting Dave Gary to come up. And Dave's been here once before. Dave is a marketplace leader. Uh, he has a number of health clubs in Wisconsin. I've been in Dave's house a number of times and just seen the unique way that God has used Dave in many people's lives. The last time Dave was here, quick story, um, Jessica Johns, who leads the storehouse, the nonprofit ministry over here on this side of our building, um, we just had a short time to connect and, and walk through, and Dave said, hey, can I pray for you? To just pray over Jessica. And, just, and Jessica served on our board. She's been a part of Frontline, but was still kind of starting the process of the storehouse. And he just began to pray for her. And I'll never, I'll never forget, he said, uh, I just feel like God has called you to be a Joseph. And Okay, it was, it was kind of interesting prayer. For those of you who don't know, in the biblical story, Joseph um, was used by God to impact and use his influence at the government level, in the marketplace level, and in the church, or with God's people at that time. And he just began to pray over that God was going to give her this kind of influence in the storehouse, this kind of influence. And it unlocked something for her. I don't really even understand what exactly. But that began to just happen. Things just began to open. And uh, you guys know the storehouse has been used uh, to impact our community in huge ways. And so I'm excited because I don't believe this morning is just something that's going to happen, uh, you know, that's going to bless or build up the church. This is something that God has for each one of you that I think he wants to bless and send you into the places that where you live and where God has called you in your job, in your uh, profession, even, even if it's, you know, your job is to be at home raising your kids. God has put his hand on you for a purpose. And so I'm excited to have Dave speak into that a little bit and share from his story and 
and uh, for Chris to be able to interview him. Chris and Dave have known each other like 20 years or something like that. And so um, it's really just a pleasure to have them come. And so would you welcome Chris Conrad as he comes up here this morning and, and is a part of things with us again. Good to see you, buddy. Well, good morning, Frontline. How are you? It's always great to be with you. I always, always look forward to my time with you. How many of you uh, have ever ridden in a car before? Ever ridden in a car? You've been in a car, okay? Most of you have been in a car. Uh, you know, when Henry Ford first created a car, when he asked people what they wanted, they said, we want a faster horse. They had no comprehension of a combustible engine that could make wheels turn so that people could actually drive a car. Their paradigm didn't fit that. When the two sisters of Lazarus in John chapter 11 are talking to Jesus, they say, Jesus, we know that you could have healed him if you would have been around when he was still alive. You could have put your hands on him and touched him and healed him. And Jesus said, actually, I am the resurrection and the life. They couldn't imagine that Jesus could bring their brother who'd been dead for four days back to life. It was a paradigm shift for them. But yet that's exactly what Jesus did. He called forth Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came up out of the tomb with his grave clothes still on. And Jesus literally had to say, unbind him, unloose him, and let him go. And why am I telling you those two stories? Because I believe this morning is going to be literally a paradigm shift for some of you. As Pastor Brian just said, many of you have this concept that God only works within these four walls, when in reality, God has called many, many of you, probably 90% of the people in this room are called to serve him in the marketplace. And I'm as convinced as I could be that some of you are living down here when God wants to do exceeding abundantly through you, in the marketplace. And you're gonna hear some stories this morning of how God has done that through my friend Dave. But can I ask you to do me a favor? Please don't allow the enemy to whisper into your soul, well, that's great, he just must love Dave more than he loves me. And I would say, absolutely not. God loves you and has an incredible specific plan of working through you through the power of his Holy Spirit to impact the marketplace just as he's done through Jessica right over here, right? So, um, would you do me a favor and welcome my friend Dave, and you're gonna hear some things from Dave this morning. Now, I know Dave well enough that the first thing we gotta do is we gotta talk about something that happened not even 12 hours ago. So what happened at 11.22 last night? I became a grandpa. My son, Teddy, and my daughter-in-law, Lacey, had given us a granddaughter 22 months ago who I just absolutely fell in love with. And last night, they gave us a grandson, and I got one of the greatest honors of my life because my son called me last night at 11.17 and said, he's here, and I have a question for you. Is it okay if we name him after you? That's awesome. Blew me away. That's awesome. Um, so Dave and I have, have spoken together probably, I don't know, more than a dozen times in this kind of a setting. And when we were here last time, we spoke very much about God's heart for you. 
that you are a favorite son or a favorite daughter of the Most High God. Today, our message is still in line with that, but slightly different, and that is, is that we believe with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, the Holy Spirit wants to unleash you into the marketplace that God has given stuff into your spirit that he wants to release into the marketplace. And instead of looking at your job as drudgery, he wants you to recognize that he wants to work with you in the marketplace to do supernatural things in the marketplace. And uh, so I think, if it's okay with you, this is how all, I never know, we never know how this is gonna work. We just listen to Holy Spirit and tell and do. It's like yesterday, we were sailing, right? Exactly. So What, what were we trying to do? Yeah, so yesterday, uh, Dave's got a, a little catamaran and we were out sailing, having fun. And uh, all we cared about was catching the wind. That's all we cared about. Because if you catch the wind, then you get to have a great time. In the same way, when we catch the wind of the Holy Spirit, then he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And that's what I came over here to talk to you about. Because I believe that the wind of the Spirit of God is blowing and not just inside the four walls. And one of the things I absolutely love about your pastor is that he's not just about building this house, but he's about the region and the city and the people outside the four walls. It, right? I, you, you know that about him. And I love the story he told just to introduce us today about um, the, the woman a year ago that we prayed for that went out, is inside the four walls and functioning and then outside the four walls and functioning. I am not a rebellious person. My mom, when she was alive, might have debated that subject slightly, <laughs> but I really am not. I accepted Jesus Christ when I'm, I was 12. I wasn't the most obedient teenager and young adult. But over time, I began to realize that probably one of the best things I could possibly do is obey. And it's amazing when you have a father that wants to bless and wants to release if you will obey and step out, even when it doesn't make sense, oh my gosh, some of the stuff he will do and the impact it will have on a city is incredible. In the marketplace, it's very different than on Sunday morning in the church. And the people that are online that are watching us, they might understand this really well too. Here's what happened for me in the marketplace. I was already loved God. I was already born again. And I was real good at being here at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. The part that I hadn't experienced yet is what happens outside these four walls. And the very first time this ever happened to me was at work when I was 22 years old. And I was going to be introduced to a staff in a health club. And I was going to become the general manager of that health club tomorrow morning. This was a Sunday evening. There was a group meeting, 75, 80 people in the room. Tomorrow I'm going to be leading them. I don't know any of them. I'm going to get introduced at 7 o'clock. The president and vice president of the company are on the platform and talking and rah, rah, and everybody up. And as I'm waiting over on the side to be introduced, I, first of all, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. Secondly, my heart is pounding out of my chest. And, but more importantly, I, something happened inside of me. Now, I don't hear God in my ears. I never have. 
I, I know God somewhere between my chest and my belly button. There's something about how the Holy Spirit speaks to me somewhere in my spirit that I just know it's him. And I, I assume that that happens to you too. And that's what happened when I was going to be introduced. I had an invitation. There's a simple little sense in my spirit, will you put me first? And I was like, you know, nobody heard that, but I, I, I mean, put, put you first. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, Sunday, but what do you mean? And I'm kind of wrestling in my head, and I'm like, am I losing my marbles? I mean, I've got to get focused here. I'm going to be talking to people in the marketplace. And it happened twice before I was introduced. Now, I, there was a platform like this in that room, and so I'm over here, and they introduce me, and I come walking over here, and they... And I said, well, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure how to say this, but before I say anything else, I just want to take a second and put God first. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer. So I duck my head down with 80 people, 75 people in a room, and I start saying the, the Lord's Prayer. Do you know how long that prayer is? I mean, it seemed like it took forever to get his, I should have just said, God is great, God is good. <laughs> well, nothing, Pastor, it happened strange after that. You know, if, I was nervous. I thought, well, these people are going to think I'm nuts or, or my boss might fire me right there on the spot. I don't, can you even pray at work? Hmm. But there's something inside of me that's like, I just want to honor him. Hmm. You know what? Fire me if you want to fire me. I, I, there's just something, there's a confidence that arises inside of you when you're in love with God and you, you know him. Something changes. And, it's, and I'm not being a goof about it. I just want to honor him. He asked me would I put him first, and, I, and it was hard to do. But one thing that was really cool about it was I didn't earn anything. I, it wasn't a transaction. But I know that that really pleased my Heavenly Father. Almost like my son Teddy knows last night how deeply what he did to honor me pleased me. There's just an understanding of that. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I would encourage you to catch in that is just that there's 75, 80 people in the room, and, you know, as Dave often talks about the fact, you know, there are some people in the front that maybe prayed it with them. There are some guys in the back, the, the bodybuilders and stuff. They, maybe they're chuckling a little bit and that kind of thing. It wasn't that there was this, all of a sudden, the Shekinah glory of God came down and any great thing happened. Not at all. It was just a matter of David's obedience to say, will you honor me and do something very simple and just pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, God may not ask you to do that at all. He may ask you, your step of obedience may look very different than that. But the point is, is that God invites you to join him in the marketplace because he wants to work in the marketplace. He wants to do things in the marketplace through you. That's why he placed you there. You, you, he didn't just give you engineering skills. He didn't just give you skills to be a people person, to be a realtor, to be whatever it is that you do, just to do that. He gave you those skills because he wants to work through you to bless the people around you and to show them how much he loves them. Because they may never walk in the doors of a great church like Frontline. That may never happen, but they may watch God work through you through very simple steps of obedience. So, 
David does that. He prays in that uh, uh, place. As it turns out, uh, the president and vice president of that company um, weren't the most reputable people in town. So eventually David feels like he needs to extradite himself from that place. So he does. Um, and God opened up uh, a really cool opportunity for him to uh, open up a, um, a health club that had gone, that filed uh, bankruptcy and had gone under um, on the other side of town. So if you've ever been to Madison, Wisconsin, which is where Dave lives, you know that there's very much an east side of town and a west side of town. And there's an isthmus in the middle where the state capital, the University of uh, Wisconsin-Madison is. Um, and so David leaves this club on the west side of town and moves to the east side of town and starts a club over there um, and opens it up. And I, I, I always feel, he never feels this way. I always feel like I need to say this. And he worked his tail off. Like, don't think that all this came just, he, you know, he had to get up at five o'clock in the morning and the people, or before that, he had to get up at 4.30 in the morning, be there at five so he could open the doors. And not only that, but the people that had gone under, all the people that had memberships to that health club, you know, felt like they were lost. And so he didn't get any income from those people who already had membership. They, he just allowed them to have membership even though he didn't get any money from those folks. So the only money he got was from new members who happened to walk in that East Side Club. And he had to work his tail off for years getting up in the morning doing that. He doesn't like to brag on himself. He doesn't like to talk about that. But I just think that's important that there, there is that part. So you're leading the East Side Club and you're in business with this friend by the name of Don. And then talk to us from there. Well, it's been several years from that very first time that I got introduced and had my first job in the health club business and then went to the, got started in my own business and had my own health club where I was actually one of the owners of it. That was very exciting. And then as we, I did that for maybe six or seven years. Um, and yes, I did work really hard. Then I went to the other side of town and there was another health club that was kind of the sister club of this one. And two older gentlemen owned a huge shopping center and this club was in that shopping center. And I thought, how cool would it be to be in your mid-20s and have the, the big health club on one side of town and then the, the really nice one on the other side of town? And instead of going over there and trying to compete with them, I thought, well, maybe I'll just go talk to them and see what they... And so I went across town and met with them. I said, I would love to own two clubs in town. Do, do you have any interest in selling or anything like that? And come to find out, they were kind of interested in that. So we began to have meetings. And now my heart's racing, because I'm like, you guys, this might happen, you guys. I mean, seriously, my dream is like maybe going to come true. We have another meeting. I bet we had seven meetings to the, to the point where we have now a deal. They, they say, you know, something like around, we're going to have to give them about a million dollars, but then we get to have all the equipment and, and the whole health club operation, and then we'll, we'll operate it. But the cool thing is, we'd be open 24 hours a day on both sides of town. And anybody in the marketplace knows that's a pretty good combination. You, you might start tying things up. All right, here's where it gets really real for me. That's my dream as a young guy. I know it looks like I own a Dunkin' Donuts, but I actually own fitness centers. And that's why I don't do the TV commercials, by the way. I only do radio. So I'm on my way to my destiny. And I go across town to the bank. I ride up the elevator. I get to the second floor. I don't know why I rode the elevator up one floor, but I did. And I, as the elevator opened up, I can see the boardroom. I can see the attorneys, some accountants, stacks of paper. And I am so excited, you guys, because as soon as I walk in that room and sign my name, 
At 25 years old, I've got it. I've got the east and the west side tied up, and it's going to be awesome. And the elevator opens up, and I begin to step out of the door, and right here, somewhere between my chest and my belly button, I hear, stop. Not an invitation, an order. Stop. Like if the kids were running in the street, and a truck was coming, and you yelled out, stop. You know what I mean? It was more like that. You've got to, what? Stop. I mean, now nobody knows this is happening to me, but the Spirit of God leads us if we're children of God. He's in us. He told me stop. And I'm pretty sure he told me stop, except I guess there, there's an enemy too, right? Maybe the enemy knows that's my destiny and wants me to stop. And now I'm extremely conflicted, Pastor, because i got to go from here to there. <clears throat> and if I go in and tell those people that, I think I'm not supposed to do this. I'm going to slaughter my reputation. I mean, just annihilate it in the city. What do you do? And you don't have a lot of time to decide. No, I didn't. And I'm not, a, I'm not flighty. I mean, I have 500 employees today. I, I'm not a flighty person. I just know that there's times when God speaks to me and says, do this or do that or stop or go. He's just so gentle and simple with me. And I know that he said stop. So I'm thinking, if this isn't you, you better let me know, because I think I'm going to wreck my future. Because I wanted that so bad. And if I'm going to obey you, I, I'm supposed to stop means don't do it. So I walk into the room. I had a 60-year-old partner gentleman, like an uncle to me, that helped me get going. He's in the room. Two other gentlemen about his age are in the room that own the center. And I walk in and I said, I don't think I'm, you know, I pray about things before I do it. I, for some reason, I'm not, I don't think I'm supposed to do this deal today. Oh my gosh. I mean, if, if looks could kill, I, I wouldn't be here today. I mean, they, they were mad. And I looked like an idiot. I mean, what, what, I mean, seriously, what else can you say? I just looked dumb. And I, I was just embarrassed. But I kind of groveled and backed out of the room. I said, I'll try to square everything up. I know everybody spent money. I'll try to get this worked out. And I left, just sort of dejected. I mean, yep. hurt, you know. Yep. And you got your, your business partner there you've been doing business with, and he's thinking, Dave, what are you doing? We've worked all yeah. that. You got these two owners of the health club, Dave, what are, you got everyone else. And you get back in your car, and you're feeling dejected and almost angry. I'm I think like, I was sort of angry. I think I was upset. I mean, it's like, okay, you, you never did this to me before, and I'm wondering what the heck just happened. And then it's even harder when it's something that you can almost taste. I mean, you want it super bad. It's like a dream in your heart. It's like your destiny. You, how do you know there's a destiny in you except that God put it in there, and you just kind of know it's there? It's like, there's something greater. There's something more that I'm going to do. I was made for more than this. That's what was going on inside of me, and all I had to do is go inside that room and signed my name, and I got something more than that. There it is, right there. And he tells me, stop. So I'm really frustrated. And then, I'm like you. I, I go, well, did I miss him? I mean, how, what did I do? Did I sin this week? What did I do wrong? I mean, how did I screw up so bad? Because I thought he was the one that led me, and it was going so good. It's like, we got a deal. So, I guess all I had left in me was I obeyed. That's kind of all I had. 
I went back to the other side of town and went back to work. I'm not going to elaborate or exaggerate, is a better word, on what happened next. A year goes by. I sort of, sort of forgot, but didn't forget. And the phone rings. It's my partner, the gentleman that was in that room that day. He said, David, you're not going to believe what just happened. I'm like, well, what? He's so excited. And he said, are you sitting down? And I said, well, yeah, I'm at my desk. I mean, you had to be at your desk back in the early 80s because your phone was on a little cord that hooked into the wall. So you had no choice. These kids don't even know what I'm talking about. There's this thing called a phone book, too. You really? A phone book? Yeah. Wow. Sort of Google. <laughs> so he says, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, I, I am. What's up? He's so excited. He goes, well, Mr. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so just left my office, the landlords that own that other health club that we tried to do a deal with a year ago. He said, David, they're getting out of the health club business. They're going to hand the keys to the front door of their health club to us. I said, what? They don't want any money. They just want us to sign a lease, the same lease that they had internally. They're going to turn it over to us. David, here's the keys to the front door of the health club. I could hardly believe what I'm hearing. And I thought, oh my gosh, the keys to the front door of the dream that I wanted over there. But I want you to understand this part. That, that's really cool. And that's really cool how God told me stop and then how God as a father wanted to show off. Like, no, don't, don't give the enemy credit for anything I'm doing. I'm the one that told you stop. Because I'm going to display my glory 12 months from now. I'm going to hand you the keys to the front door. And you know, I was so pleased you didn't earn my love. I loved you unconditionally. I've loved you from before you ever were born. You didn't earn anything. But I want you to know how deeply I love you. I want you to know it was my dream in your heart. That was the destiny I put in your heart, and I want to show you it was my destiny. So I'm going to hand you the keys to the front door. And hey, by the way, remember when you were a kid and I asked you a question? Would you put me first? Remember that? It's just like when I was talking to my son. Remember that, buddy? Do you know that's the kind of sense you have from the Lord? You remember that? And I go, yeah, I, I remember. Remember where you were? Remember the platform? you were on? Remember what building it was in? Remember the keys you have right now? Those are the keys to the front door of that entire health club that I stood on the platform at 22 years old and said, I got to do something before I do anything else in this business. I want to take a second and I want to put my father first. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God gave him the keys to that very health club six years later. Praise be to God, huh? Praise be to God. But here's what I'd say. Remember what I said at the very beginning. God doesn't love Dave any one ounce more than he loves you. He wants to work in and through your life. Please don't allow the enemy to cause you to believe, well, God just works that way in Dave's life. He's not going to work that way in my life. No, 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 no. It comes back to are we willing to listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit 
what Dave and I talked about a few minutes ago about the wind that we were catching yesterday in the sailboat? Are we willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and catch the wind of the Spirit to what He is inviting us into? So a few years go by, in that health club, that West Side Club, uh, they just outgrow it. So they end up building a new West Side Club. And we're going to show you some pictures now, just so you get an idea. These are pictures of the club on the West Side of town, um, and then some other. You can just roll through them all, guys. Well, um, we're in we're in Wisconsin. So this club is in Milwaukee. The other club that you just saw is in is in Madison. Um, it's really grown. There's 50,000 members. Uh, the clubs are open 24 hours a day. They really are state-of-the-art. It's really a neat operation. Um, it's something I enjoy. I, I, I liked coaching. I loved coaching. I, I, I wished I would have probably been a sports coach, but I love it. But I'm coaching in business now, today, and I, I enjoy it very much. The beauty of what you see is that became a well where the water can come out of in the spirit realm. It became a well. It became resources. And all kinds of things happen in the city of Madison because of that business. But if we're going to boast, let us boast on the Lord. Let us boast on our Father. It was our Father's dream to have that become a well. It was our Father in Heaven's dream to show off outside the four walls of the local church out in the marketplace. It was His dream. It was His destiny. And then He lets us partner with Him and go along with him. But it was his idea. So now you have a place like that in the marketplace, and God knew ahead of time, and all kinds of cool things happen. I mean, that business has helped establish a fe a feeding programs, a million pounds of food a year for the last seven, eight years, were, eight years were provided for out of that business. Citywide Crusade, was provided for out of that well. That water just kept, keeps coming. Um, a, a home for pregnant, unwed mommies. <laughs> Where the heck is she supposed to go? I mean, she finds out she's pregnant. She goes home. Her dad is a jerk to her. And she's, where's she supposed to go? Well, you know what kind of father we have in heaven? He's the kind of father that says, I know where you can go. I'm going to build a home for you to have counseling, help, a bed, food, medical attention, right up all the way through until your little baby is born. That's the kind of father we have. And hey, by the way, this is really cool. That story I'm telling you, I don't have time to elaborate, but the land that that building is on today was land that the abortion clinic in Madison, Wisconsin was trying to buy. And the Lord let me, as a marketplace guy with authority from my Father in heaven, go in and take that land out from underneath the abortion clinic, buying on a Saturday afternoon between my attorney and the owner of that land. And on that land in Madison, Wisconsin, right now, sits a state-of-the-art, beautiful medical center with eight bedrooms upstairs, a full kitchen, counseling, and if a young lady finds out that she's going to have a baby in Madison, Wisconsin, she can walk into that place for free because we have a God in heaven who has the heart of a father who loves his children. The reason I come here today is to encourage you to say yes to him. Not just like I used to do at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, but just the simplicity of when he knocks when he asks, 
just take that moment and just step forward an inch and see what happens. Oh my gosh, buckle up, get ready for the ride. See, Dave and I, uh, we're just both so convinced that God has placed destinies and dreams inside of you as marketplace people. And some of you have buried them so long that right now, just like Lazarus, they're just beginning to start coming alive again. And there's this fight, I just believe right now in your spirit, right now in your spirit, is this fight that's going on right now. Online, those who are watching online and in this room, there's a fight going on in your spirit and you're saying, could that really happen to me? And it's not about the money. It's about you living out the destiny God has for you and becoming fully alive to everything God has for you out in the marketplace. You know, Dave and I have often talked about the fact that there's, you know, pastors, and that's what, I'm a pastor, right? That's what, that's my gig. But pastors like me, you know, we get up and we say, hey, we've got this little closet somewhere back in a room and we'd like to fill it with food so that people who drop by the church, we could give them a bag of food. But we laugh together now, as in, but there's a marketplace person who God could use them in a powerful way to raise up a million pounds of food to feed an entire city. And so here we are as pastors, you know, thinking that we've got to do it all, when in reality, someone in a room just like this, God places on your heart, just like he did to some degree to Jessica, that Brian, Pastor Brian talked to us a, a little while ago, God puts something like that in your spirit, and bam, all of a sudden, instead of just feeding a, you know, a, a few dozen people a month, now you're feeding hundreds and hundreds of people. Instead of there being an abortion clinic, now there's a, a home for unwed moms. There's just so many things that God can do and wants to do through you as marketplace people. And I'm begging you, we're begging you to do the paradigm shift and allow Holy Spirit to rise up in you and say, I've called you to something. And can I just say, and I'll say one last thing, and, and then I'll ask perhaps Dave another question or he can lead us, but here's what I'd say. So often, it's the small little first steps. Will you put me first? And it's so scary. Dave and I, often when we talk about that story and, and we're good enough friends, he'll go to the bathroom five times before we speak sometimes, right? He probably went to the bathroom 12 times after God told him to say, you know, uh, hey, will you put me first? Um, and, but, but he did. And all, it wasn't freaky. You know, our Father who art in heaven, and again, there were people in that room that probably thought he was a whack job and others that tried to figure this out. But all he did that day was just put God first. He just listened to the Holy Spirit's gentle, loving voice. See, the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak to you. And he wants to whisper into your spirit the things that he has for you. And I'm begging you, don't shut him up, and at first, you're going to feel really insecure. You're going to feel really insecure to put him first. But he's got amazing things for you if you do that. Anything? I'm going to pray for you in a minute, those of you that are interested in just asking and saying yes to the Lord, okay? No, nothing freaky or weird. But I do want to mention one thing. When we were here a year ago and we prayed for that young lady, when in the Old Testament, Pastor alluded to Joseph, did God know ahead of time that it was a famine coming? 
Did God take Joseph and move him into Egypt? Did God move Joseph into a place of governance and governing in Egypt? Did God move Joseph up to the, a higher calling, second in command in an entire nation? In the end, when it was all said and done, and Joseph had come through being rejected by his brothers, <laughs> literally sold into slavery, nice brothers. Hey, dude, how much for him? I mean, that's unbelievable, right? But what was God's plan all along? It was to usher him out of all of that. And maybe you're in that stage right now. Maybe you're like, hey, I've been accused of this. I didn't do that. I've been this, that. But God has a destiny. He moves him right into the place of second in command. Why? For one reason. He wanted to have the resources and the pyramids and piles of grain stored up because there is a famine coming. And God knew that. See, the Holy Spirit knows the future. So if we'll catch the wind of the Spirit, we can flow with the Holy Spirit and go in the direction he wishes to go. Who did that food end up saving? Huh? Not only all of Egypt, but... But Joseph's family. Is it possible that God would call a guy from Madison, Wisconsin to come over and visit with you here and online today? to say to you, would you catch the wind of the Spirit of God? Because I have a destiny as a father. I have a desire as a father. And I want to position you in a place because there's a famine coming. Ultimately, I want my family saved. I want those in this community that I've called to come into my kingdom, I want them brought into my kingdom. And I want to usher them in with you. But I need to position you in the place you need to be positioned for that to happen. It wouldn't have done any good if Joseph was sitting in Iowa. Just wouldn't have done any good. All right? But he listened and he obeyed and he went where God placed him. That's why I'm sitting here with you today. I went where God placed me today. You don't think I would rather be in Madison, Wisconsin holding my grandson right now that was born last night? No, I would. But I'm here because I want to stir your heart to say, Lord, yes, send me to the place and position me. And I'm, I'm going to say one thing here and, and finish, and then I'm going to pray. You might already be in that place. You might already be there. You might be an athletic coach, and there are some of those players on your team that the world is telling you you can't talk to. I'm telling you as an athlete and as a coach, talk to those kids. And you can change their destiny. Let them know who Jesus Christ is. Maybe in the marketplace, maybe at, you have a daycare at home. I don't know where you are. But if you would just be willing to go like this, that much of a step. You don't need to know anything beyond that. Just obey and say yes to that. He'll make a difference. So, so would you I do would like to pray for them. Yeah, so... You see, I'm just so convinced. And if you've been at Frontline long enough to ever hear me preach, then you know that your pastor and I are dear friends. I love Pastor Brian and I love this church. And this church has made a huge difference in Grand Rapids and it's gonna to continue to make a huge difference in years to come. But I believe with all my heart that there are so many people online and seated in this room 
that the reason we're here this morning is because God wants to call you out and just encourage you to be all that he's called you and created you to be in the marketplace, wherever that is. So I want to encourage you to do something. You know, David talked three or four times today about taking a baby step. I'm going to ask you to take a baby step. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. We're going to have David pray for you as a, as a fellow marketplace person. I'm going to have David pray for you, not a pastor, but a marketplace person pray for you. But if you sense Holy Spirit of God has talked to you over the last 30 minutes, and you just sense, you know what? I just want all that God has for me. I don't even know all that that's going to look like, but I want all that God has for me. And you would just be willing to take the obedience step to just stand. We're not going to do anything more than that. We would just love to have you stand and say, I want all God has for me, and I'm willing to stand. Would you just stand right now if you're in the marketplace and you just sense that God wants to do something exceeding? Thank you. There's people all over the room. I appreciate that. At home, I know this is bizarre. I've been there. I've watched a bunch of services online. I want to encourage you in faith to do the exact same thing. I want to encourage you to stand and take that, even as you're watching online, take that step of obedience and stand. And just allow Holy Spirit of God now to speak over to you through this prayer, his calling and destiny on your life. David, would you pray for me? It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke. So it's not about who's praying. It's about the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we stand before you now. I, I can feel your anointing as I'm praying right now. I pray that you would settle over the crown of their head, even right now with that kingly anointing, that prophetic anointing. Father, even that priestly anointing to minister in the quiet places, that you'll speak to them. But Lord, I ask that you would release these people that are called by you into the marketplace under your authority, under the authority of Jesus Christ, under the anointing of Jesus Christ. Would you help them be a part of what you're doing in this region? And for some, it might not be in this region. It might be in another nation. You might be calling them right now into the marketplace of another nation. We say, yes, we're here, Lord. Release us, and we receive. We don't see it. We might not feel anything, but we ask that you would receive. Right now, I ask that you would receive in Jesus' name the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be released into the marketplace. And then, Father, I pray for the apostolic release, that they would move forward out into the region under the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, that nothing could stand in their way because nothing has authority over Jesus. And that they would do the simplicity of listen and obey and move. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.